Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the September 2016 Fraternal Review, which is from the Southern California Research Lodge. And this article is Top of Masonic Books, written by Jeriel C. Smith. Before starting a countdown of the top 25 books, from 25th through number 1, it seems appropriate to say something about the most popular authors and the most popular theme based on our readers' top 10 ballots. Only one author, John J. Robinson, had three books in our top 25, all of which touch on the themes of the Knights Templar's purported role in Masonry's founding. Two others, Albert Pike and Manley Palmer Hall, each had two books in the top 25. Without attempting to resolve the tension between the historians and the esotericists among Masonic scholars, it is worth noting that the Templar topic is at the heart of no fewer than five of Southern California Research Lodge's top 25 books. These include all three of Robinson's books, Born in Blood, A Pilgrim's Path, the primary theme of which is anti-Masonry, and Dungeon, Fire, and Sword, also included as Sworn in Secret, Freemasonry and the Knights Templar by past editor of the Fraternal Review, Sanford Holst, which is an elaboration on his earlier book, Templar Inferno. Then there is The Temple and the Lodge by Michael Baynett and Richard Lay, who, with co-author Henry Lincoln, also wrote Holy Blood, Holy Grail, the book that informed and inspired Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code. Both of these also received votes in our poll. The Venerable Albert Pike, father of the modern American Scottish Rite, wrote Morals and Dogma and Esoterica. It is no coincidence that Arturo de Hoyos, modern American Masonry's premier author, scholar, and interpreter, is involved with both. The best version of Morals and Dogma, written in 1872, is de Hoyos' 2011 annotated edition that corrects many of the defects in Pike's original, as noted in our review on page 11. Esoterica, written around 1888, was not in print until 2006, when the Supreme Council 33rd Degree published the edition cited by Arturo de Hoyos. Pike's works are the definitive 19th century treatments of the rituals of both the Blue Lodge degrees and the Scottish Rite, and both have been brought into the 21st century by de Hoyos. Thus are Pike and de Hoyos ever joined as co-authors of the leading works on Masonic ritual and symbolism. Surprisingly, Manley P. Hall's The Lost Keys of Freemasonry ranked above the secret teachings of all ages, Masonic, Hermetic, Kabbalistic, and Rosicrucian symbolical philosophy, Hall's magnum opus. Secret teachings is perhaps the most exhaustive study ever of religions, mystical organizations, alchemical teachings, and mystery schools, their origins, and meanings. It is arguably the seminal work of not just modern cultural spiritual literature, but of esoteric studies, and it names Masonry first in its subtitle. Interestingly, both John J. Robinson and Manley P. Hall, 33rd degree, wrote all of their Masonic books prior to become Masons themselves. 
In A Pilgrim's Path, Robinson said he was inspired to become a Mason by his own research and writing, while Hall, who published The Secret Teachings when he was just 29 years old, stated that he wanted to complete his Masonic writings before joining the fraternity in order to maintain his objectivity. How Masonic is that? So next in the um, magazine here, we have a few missed books. Here's a list of books that did not crack the top 10, and most, not even the top 25. We weigh in. The Kybalion. This classic work, touted by Masons as a motivator to join the craft, has existed for over a century. Published in 1912 by the Three Initiates, this is a book claiming to be the essence of the teachings of Hermes Trismegistus. This concise guide offers a modern interpretation of the doctrine, distilling its teachings with seven compelling principles that can be applied to self-development in daily life. Perhaps because it's not a bona fide Masonic book, it missed the list. The Lost Symbol Raise your eyebrows all you want, but Dan Brown's popular work of fiction is probably the best-selling book on Masonry ever. With 30 million copies sold worldwide and translation into 51 languages, the influx of candidates that came knocking on lodge doors thanks to this 500-plus page thriller ushered in a new generation of Masons. In some states, memberships tripled. Now that's power. Perhaps the only reason it didn't make the list is because we didn't take it seriously enough to write it in. The Hiram Key, Pharaohs, Freemasonry, and the Discovery of the Secret Scrolls of Jesus. Before Dan Brown sank his claws into our fraternity, Christopher Knight and Robert Lomas were busy writing strong and controversial Masonic fiction, or nonfiction. The jury is still out on the radical hypothesis found in their works, especially this selection, and yet both are Masons, which makes their writings especially appealing. Upon its release in 1996, it was dismissed, if not downright damned, by Masonic scholars, catapulting it into one of the most popular Masonic reads at the turn of the century. The Secret Teachings of All Ages Perhaps the most exhaustive study of religion, mystical organizations, alchemical teachings, and mystery schools, their origins and meanings by 33rd degree Freemason Brother Manley P. Hall is arguably a seminal work of not just cultural and spiritual literature, but of esoteric studies. Students of hidden wisdom, ancient symbols, and arcane practices treasure Hall's magnum opus above all other works. While thousands of copies have sold since its publication in 1928, surprisingly, Secret Teachings is not as highly rated as we thought it would be. So then we move into the top 25 Masonic books, uh, as of their list from September 2016. So starting with 25, working down to 11, it just gives you a list of the books. 25, The Way of the Craftsman by W. Kirk McNulty. 24, the Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manley P. Hall. 23. The Temple and the Lodge by Michael Bagent and Richard Lay. 22. Freemason's Guide and Compendium by Bernard Jones. 21. Freemasonry, A Journey Through Ritual and Symbol by W. Kirk McNulty. 20. Sworn in Secret, Freemasonry and the Knights Templar by Sanford Holst. 19. The Freemasons by Jasper Ridley. 18. The Complete Idiot's Guide to Freemasonry by S. Brent Morris. 17. Dungeon, Fire, and Sword, The Knights Templar in the Crusades by John J. Robison. 16. Coyle's Masonic Encyclopedia by Henry Wilson Coyle. 15. The Lost Keys of Freemasonry by Manley P. Hall. 14. The Better Angels of Our Nature, Freemasonry and the American Civil War by Michael A. Halloran. 13. 
Esoterica, The Symbolism of the Blue Degrees of Freemasonry by Albert Pike. 12. American Freemasons, Three Centuries of Building Communities by Mark A. Tabert. And 11. A Bridge to Light, A Study in Masonic Ritual and Philosophy by Rex R. Hutchins. So next, we're going to break into the Masonic Top 10 books, and it actually gives you a little bit of a breakdown of each book. So hang on a minute. I'm going to pause and then come right back to that. All right, so sticking with the September 2016 Fraternal Review and the top 10 Masonic books. So we went through some books that didn't make the list. We went from 25 to 11. Now let's cover 10 down to 1. The Origins of Freemasonry, Scotland's Century, 1988, by David Stevenson. The author is Emeritus Professor of History at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. He has a distinction of being the first non-Mason to present a paper to Quator Coronati Lodge in London, the renowned research lodge that has published annual transactions since 1886. Subtitled Scotland's Century, 1590-1710, this pioneering book has become the foundation for many subsequent studies on the history of Freemasonry. It challenged the narrative of many Masonic scholars that modern Freemasonry got started in England around 1700 by presenting a large body of evidence demonstrating that elements of modern Freemasonry were developed in Scotland by 1600. And that is book 10. Book number 9, The Mason's Words, 2013, by Robert G. Davis. Brother Davis is a well-known Masonic author and speaker, a past president of the Philalethe Society, and a fellow of the Scottish Rite Research Society. This paperback and ebook is a masterful synthesis on the origins and development of modern American Masonic ritual. A summary on the back cover. Quote, the author investigates where and when the ritual words originated, how the ceremonial forms of Freemasonry's degrees evolved, who penned the beautiful words that make the Masonic ritual, and how the language of the fraternity has been transmitted orally from one generation to another, yet remained intact for three centuries. Book number eight, A Pilgrim's Path, Freemasonry and the Religious Rite, 1993, by John J. Robinson. The author was not yet a Mason when he wrote this study of Freemasonry, focusing on its deniers, denouncers, and would-be destroyers. In particular, America's largest and most vocal Protestant denomination, the Southern Baptist Convention. The first half of the book examines and refutes their anti-Masonic distortions. The second half expounds a true picture of Masonic philosophy and practice. Comparing Masonry to its religious critics, Robinson says, The simple truth is that Masonry does not recognize all religions as equal. To do so would require making a careful investigation, evaluation, and judgment of all faiths, which Masons have never done. Instead, Masonry recognizes the equal right of all men to worship God as they see fit. Religious zealots abhor the concept of the free and equal right to worship according to one's conscience. They often eliminate it by law if they succeed in getting political power in areas where there are no constitutional safeguards for individual rights. Book number seven on the countdown, The Meaning of Masonry, 1922, by Walter Leslie Wilmhurst. The author was a British Freemason whose writings focused on the spiritual or esoteric side of our craft. He was a Christian mystic, but for the most part wrote from a universalist perspective. This book was very well received in Great Britain and the U.S., an excellent edition published in 2007 by Plumstone has updated the original to modern English. 
with explanatory footnotes by Brother Sean Ayer, editor of the Philalethes, the Journal of Masonic Research and Letters. The author discusses the deeper symbolism of the degrees, focuses on the instructional purpose of Freemasonry as a counterbalance to what he saw as an overemphasis on socializing and philanthropy. Masonry offers us, in dramatic form and by means of dramatic ceremonial, a philosophy of the spiritual life of man and a diagram of the process of regeneration. Book number six, The Builders, A Story and Study of Masonry, from 1914, by Joseph Fort Newton. Joseph Fort Newton, 1870-1950, a clergyman, was a prolific writer and editor of religious and Masonic books. The original editor of the Short Talk Bulletin, often the source of articles in our Fraternal Review, he wrote many of them himself between 1923 and 1929. His best-known books are The Great Light in Masonry, a celebration of the Holy Bible that was featured in our April edition, and our number six book, The Builders. This deeply spiritual and philosophical book is divided into three parts. One, prophecy, foundations in architecture and faith. Two, history, from Freemasons to accepted Masons to the Grand Lodge of England. And three, interpretation, Masonic philosophy and spirit. The first American edition, 1910, became a Masonic classic, so much so that an illustrated McCoy edition with additional materials was published in 1930. The most recent paperback edition, 2010, is shown in our photo. Book number five, Observing the Craft from 2010 by Andrew Hammer. In this reviewer's opinion, without having read every single one, this is perhaps the finest book available on the restoration of observant Freemasonry and the purpose and value of its practice. The author, Andrew Hammer, president of the Masonic Restoration Foundation, is among its most informed, enthusiastic, and articulate advocates. He describes its essence thus, Observance is as much a state of mind as a set of actions. In fact, each helps the other reach their maximum potential. The things we think and the philosophical attitude we cultivate as regards to Freemasonry and its associated concerns will influence and improve our actions in the Lodge. The actions we perform in the Lodge, when done well and to a degree of proficiency, aid the mind in maintaining its disciplined state in ritual and introspection. The goal to be achieved by this activity is a high state of concentration on exactly those things we find in the craft which enable us to be that better man. It is a deliberately contemplative union between the mind and the body, which enables us to take the result of that union into the soul. The Craft and Its Symbols, 1975, by Alan E. Roberts. This 90-page book is one of the best introductory volumes on Masonic symbolism. It is simply written with many illustrations. The author begins by noting that symbolism is the lifeblood of the craft. It is what distinguishes Freemasonry from other fraternal organizations. It is the principal vehicle by which the ritual teaches Masonic philosophy and moral lessons. Brother Roberts goes through each of the three degrees, briefly portraying the meaning of one symbol after another. He explains key lessons to be learned from the words of the ceremony. He discusses the symbolic meaning or moral teachings associated with items in the lodge room, such as the pillars, altar, Tyler's sword, and deacon's rod. He throws in a little Masonic history. He shows how all this relates to man's everyday life and to building character. At times, the listing of symbols is almost like a dictionary. It's dry reading, but can serve as a reference work to be reviewed after each degree is experienced. 
There are also inspired moments, especially when there is acknowledgement of the spiritual values that Masonry teaches. Brother Roberts, 1917-1997, served as master of two Blue Lodges, two Research Lodges, and as a Grand Lodge officer in the state of Virginia. He was a past president of the Philalethes Society, the oldest independent Masonic research body in the U.S., established in 1928. He wrote 25 books on Masonic topics. Book number three, Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike, 1872, annotated by Arturo de Hoyos, 2011. For Southern California Research Lodge's number three book, we turn to a critical review of this 144-year-old Masonic classic by a member of the Scottish Rite Research Society, Giovanni A. Villegas. It is well worth reading. The author's opinion is that most readers would get more out of Rex Hutchinson's A Bridge to Light, which is number 13 in our poll, though unabashedly critical, many of Brother Villegas' criticisms are well taken and all are balanced by recognitions of true Masonic merit. Any Mason with a genuine interest in Masonic scholarship should have De Hoyos' annotated edition in his library, preferably next to Pike's original. The following paragraphs are adapted from the Villegas Review. The complete title of the book is Morals and Dogma of the Ancient and Accepted Scottish Rite. It is a massive tome, first published in 1872 by the Supreme Council of the Southern Jurisdiction USA. In its original printing, it was 861 pages long, with an index of 218 more pages. The chapters are arranged in the order of the Scottish Rite degrees themselves and provide a broad philosophical and historical context for the lectures and symbolism of each degree, while containing none of the actual rituals and secrets. Thus, it is available to the general public. The contents include comparative religion, philosophies, etymologies, and even numerology. The primary themes are the secrets or great mysteries of ancient Egyptian, Phoenician, Buddhist, Hindu, Judaic, Sufi, and Christian belief systems used unrepentantly throughout the book. Purists may prefer to read Pike himself, but they may wish to consult the annotated edition by Arturo de Hoyos. It has the exact text of the original, with annotations on the original sources, text, and context, something which the original version lacked, yet so desperately needed in the first place, thus making it easier to cross-reference. It also includes a new glossary, bibliography, and index. It is also illustrated with many of the images from the original sources Pike had before him when he prepared the original. If you are a Scottish Rite Mason, then Morals and Dogma, by general consensus, is considered essential reading. However, if you are among the vast majority who find the book difficult to comprehend, the next best thing would be to read Rex Hutchinson's Hutchins, A Bridge to Light instead. It has many of the main elements of Morals and Dogma condensed within its pages, and it is presented more understandably. Although Morals and Dogma arguably had very little to do with the early degrees of Scottish Rite, it cannot be denied that the religions and philosophies contained in the book do share the same goals and aspirations of the Light and of Masonry in general, the betterment of the individual and society through a personal and collective desire to progress towards moral perfection. Book number two on the list, Freemasons for Dummies by Christopher Hodap, 2005. Despite its unfortunate title, Southern California Research Lodge's number two book, Freemasons for Dummy by Christopher Hodap, is well deserving of its popularity, as it is one of the best overviews of Freemasonry available. Its light, readable style and comprehensive scope and division into convenient categories provides an excellent introduction to the fraternity as useful to the curious public as well as to Masons new and old. 
No doubt, this is why it is one of the three books recommended in the California Grand Lodge's Entered Apprentice Candidate Guide. Given the fact that the majority of Southern California Research Lodge's members are California Masons, it should not be surprised that all three of those recommended books made our top ten. The other two are Wilmhurst's classic The Meaning of Masonry, number seven, and Stevenson's The Origin of Masonry, Scotland Century, number ten. Particularly useful to the new Mason is Worshipful Hodap's clarification of just what secrets of Freemasonry he is now bound by oath never to reveal to any non-Mason, which are described as the grips or handshakes, passwords, and signs or gestures that are modes of recognition, and some details of the Masonic degree ritual ceremonies. Also of great value throughout it are his many distinctions between fact and fiction, mythology and history, critique and slander. His chapter on politics and religion is both a celebration of Masonic tolerance and a justification of our practice of excluding discussions of these topics from our lodge meetings. This book, in fact, explores, to at least some degree, the subject matter of nearly every book that appears on the ballots submitted in response to Southern California Research Lodge's Top 10 poll. Moreover, in keeping with the pattern followed throughout the vast Four Dummies book genre, Worshipful Hodap includes his own version of the Parts of Ten, it includes list of Masons prominent in ten categories, a list of conspiracies, anti-Masons, and hoaxes, refuting each of them. And finally, a top ten list of Masonic places to visit. You will search in vain for the promised list of ten common Masonic phrases, which was omitted by the publisher. However, it can be found online at members.aol.com slash hodap slash fmfd.html. And I haven't checked to see if that link is still valid. The appendices include such valuable documents as Anderson's Constitutions, the legendary Regius Manuscript, and a list of Masonic Grand Lodges. And then we get to book number one, Born in Blood, 1989, The Lost Secrets of Freemasonry, by John J. Robinson. Not only was Born in Blood the highest rated book in our poll, it had the most first place votes as well as being named on the highest number of ballots. Thus, it was decisively our top book. In his introduction to A Pilgrim's Path, Robinson says of the early response to Born in Blood that not even one newspaper in the United States saw fit to review a book that had the word Freemasonry in the title. That changed, and the book became the highest-selling book on masonry for the next 20 years. Its place atop Southern California Research Lodge's poll testifies to its continued popularity. Excerpts from a review by Brother John M. Hamill in Ars Quator Coronatum, Volume 104, page 239-40, I had thought that Masonic scholars, at least, had convincingly debunked the theory, or more properly the legend, that Freemasonry had its origins in the medieval Knights Templar. The legend persists, however, and seems to have an eternal fascination for non-Masons. The book under review is by an American writer who is not a Freemason, who has produced a book which is, on the surface, persuasively argued and a rattling good read. Therein lies the danger. As the author states, his original intention was not to write about either Freemasons or Templars, but to satisfy his own curiosity about certain questions arising from the Peasants' Revolt of 1381. The first half of the book discusses the situation in England, the Knights' Hospitaller, and the revolt itself. In the course of his researches, he discovered evidence for a very shadowy secret society which led him on to consider the Templars, their fate, and the origins of Freemasonry. He posits the theory that the secret society was an inner circle of Templars, Hospitallers, who eventually became the founders of Freemasonry. 
returning to Freemasonry, he examines the rituals of the three craft degrees and looks for links within the Templars through Masonic language. A fair enough approach had he gone to the basic sources for ritual. Regrettably, the author used as his text not the early Masonic catechisms and exposures, either English or French, but a 19th century American exposure, M.W. Redding's The Scarlet Book of Freemasonry. In doing so, he found a number of examples to bolster his theory, examples which are peculiar to that book and do not appear in either the early English ritual texts or the modern English rituals. It is a great pity that this book cannot be wholeheartedly recommended, for it performs one extremely valuable service for Freemasonry. The author gives a devastating critique of the late Stephen Knight's The Brotherhood, which caused so many problems for English Freemasonry in the 1980s. That critique becomes even more devastating and valuable when one knows that its author is not himself a Freemason and has no necessity to defend Freemasonry, but is a man of integrity who dislikes uncalled for, dishonest, and fanatical attacks on any human institution which is based upon principles and has the intention of being of service to mankind rather than serving selfish self-interest. The present reviewer finds himself in a quandary. The book is a good read. It has many positive things to say about Freemasonry, but unfortunately, the basic thesis is seriously flawed. Read with care, and preferably after reading of Peter Partner's excellent study, The Murdered Magicians, The Templars, and Their Myth, the author has done a service to Freemasonry. I fear, however, that he has also given an additional source to the religious detractors of Freemasonry, who will quote him out of context and use the Templar myth to claim that Freemasonry is an alternative to or subversive of religion. And there we are. That is the top 25 books, uh, top 25 Masonic books, as voted by the readers. And this was published in the September 2016 Fraternal Review. And uh, Dago, the editor, I sat with him at the annual communication. So Dago, if you hear this, thank you. And um, we appreciate all the work that you put in, my brother. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.